When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, how about this one? 11 minutes into the game, Chicago leading Pittsburgh 4-0. Penguins lost in overtime last night to the Blues. They are trailing Chicago 4-0. 11 minutes into the game, Brandon saw two goals for Chicago. In the second period, no score between the Wild and the Wings. 2-1, the Senators lead the Capitals. After two, it's the Avalanche with a 3-2 edge on the Rangers. And the Bruins lead the Predators 3-1. Jake DeBrusque has his first NHL goal on that one. And early in the third period, it's Buffalo 2, Montreal 1. Still to come, the Coyotes and the Ducks and the Flyers and the Kings. Baseball playoffs tonight. Indians leading the Yankees 3-0 in the fourth. Game one of that series. The other game one on the American League side of the draw had Houston over Boston 8-2. Jose Altuve, three home runs in that game. Pretty uh, impressive start to that series for him and the Astros, who are obviously are a pretty good team. And uh, football tonight, Thursday night football, New England 3, Tampa Bay nothing. That is now after the first quarter. Thanks a lot for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. Oilers game Saturday on this station, face-off show at 6.30, game at 8. And we have our old buddy Jared. I assume this is our regular Jared on the line. Jared, how's it going? Good, Reed. How are you? Doing well. Go ahead, man. I just got a comment on... Uh... Connor McDavid's speed in the last game, and it was it was spectacular. And they they timed him at just over forty kilometers an hour. And what's interesting is when Bobby Hall uh, was timed, he was at twenty nine point two miles an hour, which is forty seven kilometers an hour. So they have him at seven kilometers an hour faster than than Connor McDavid. And people always are quick to say that, oh, well, it was a mistake. They just did it at some rank. But that's actually in the Guinness Book of Records. So to set a record, Guinness has to be there. And I believe that was done in the early 70s, and radar has been around since the 40s. And they would have had it working more than properly in the 70s. And it's interesting, even with Bobby Hall's shot at 100, almost 119 miles an hour, Everybody kind of refused it, saying, well, it's not possible. But if you ever look at pictures of Bobby Hall when he was 15, 16 years old, like working on the farm, he has a build that would rival a top bodybuilder. And Conor McDavid is not built that way. And I think that because of Bobby Hall's super hulking physique, he was able to um, have that kind of power in his shot or speed in his skating. I did not know about that stat, Jared. Uh, that's pretty cool. Did you hear me talking about the other animals at the start of the show? No, I didn't. Okay, here's my uh, here's my underrated animal of the night. The ostrich can get up to 96 kilometers per hour. 
Usually yeah, they're around good. 72. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, but it's it's, it's interesting. <laughs> and he, like I don't know what Connor would have been skating in kilometers an hour at the uh, at the All Star game, but I would always suspect that if it was during the game and somebody was chasing him, he could possibly be be skating faster. But nevertheless, I, I would still say he's the fastest guy uh, in the NHL. But yeah, for whatever reason, the the Bobby Hall statistics always. Uh, are never given credit, but oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up, Jared. I I, I had not even thought to look uh, look up for something like that, so I appreciate it, buddy. Okay, Reed, have a good night. All right, that's Jared, regular caller seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We uh, I'll get to Jeff on the line in a second here. We did our our uh, preseason. Well, we're game into the season, but we did our predictions today on Oilers now with Bob Stoffer, which I mean. <laughs> It's nine months until the end of the season, but they're for fun. So I actually had Chicago missing the playoffs. They're up 4 nothing on uh, on Pittsburgh already, and a texter said, uh-oh, Reed, better revise your prediction on Chicago missing the playoffs. Seriously? Or does Jack Michaels need to revise his prediction of Pittsburgh winning the Stanley Cup? Because they're the ones down 4 nothing. Just saying. <laughs> we got Jeff on line, too. Hey, Jeff, go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to say I think your uh, 40 goals or 40-plus for McDavid is realistic. I think 50 or anything more than that is a bit of a stretch, especially in today's league. And if you were to kind of flaw one one thing in McDavid's game is, is he doesn't possess a heavy shot like a, a Tarasenko or an Ovechkin where you can just blow up by the goalie from any point on the ice. Yeah, I, I guess he wouldn't be a long-range scorer, but I do think he has a pretty good wrist shot, and he can elevate the shot, the puck, pretty well. I mean, I, I think I understand what you're saying, but you're probably kind of nitpicking a little bit too, aren't you, Jeff? <laughs> but, well, and then, you know, you also got to look at, if you go back to 05-06, where there was, I think, four five 50-goal scores, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there were more power plays that year, right? Yeah. Yeah, so if the, if the league keeps with the rules um, and keeps the uh, whistles out and blows a lot of calls, then, you know, he might be 50-plus very easily. Well, and, and here's the thing. I mean, he like I was saying earlier, I don't really know what his ceiling is. I, I don't think we're going to know. Maybe we'll get a sense in the next three to four years. And the thing is, Jeff, if the Oilers are, are a good team, and they should be a good team, Empty net goals could add to his total, right? If they're up by one or two late in the game, he's going to be he's going to be on one of the two lines that's going to be out there to preserve the lead. I mean, wasn't Gretzky's fifty and thirty nine into an empty net, right? Uh, yeah, it was against. Uh, I believe it was against the Canucks, was it not? I think the fiftieth was against Philly, but yeah, because didn't he get a five goal night and they won seven five or something like that? But uh, anyway, I mean that that that's. That could possibly drive up his total if he's out there for you know four, five, six empty netters. Maybe he can't approach fifty, but I think he's well, get he's getting over thirty. He's flirting with forty in my mind for sure. Like the one other thing is, I think that the year that Crosby potted fifty he had a he had an unusually high shooting percentage that year too. So there's also that factor to consider as well. Yeah, fair point, Jeff. Thanks so, for calling, buddy. Hope to hear from you again. Okay. Have a good one. Right on. That's Jeff checking in at 780-496-0063. 
Uh, Mike from the island says, I'm very happy Yamamoto made the team. It was a tough uphill battle, but we also know we have talented players in the AHL who can come up in the event of injuries. And uh, Mike also saying happy Thanksgiving. Absolutely not too early to say that. Happy Thanksgiving back to you. A couple people asking how Yamamoto did. Todd McClellan said it after the game, maybe a little nervous, maybe a little wide-eyed in his first NHL game. Limited ice time, six and a half minutes. I I still think the kid competes hard. You know, he doesn't shy away from contact. He gets in there and digs for pucks. I think he winds up back with the Spokane Chiefs. Slepeshev's going to play in the AHL. He's kind of an intriguing guy to me. I mean, he's a big body, puck protection type guy, decent shot. He could, he could maybe provide a little bit of depth scoring for the Oilers. So maybe he he gets back up to speed. Yamamoto plays a few more games and goes down, and then Slepeshev slides in in some sort of a role. How about Cassian, by the way, last night? Increased ice time and getting a look on the second line with uh, with Lucic and Nugent Hopkins, and he and Yamamoto were alternating in line rushes today. So, look, the Oilers are deeper. They have more flexibility. It's great Yamamoto's getting NHL experience for sure. I mean, why not? That's kind of a no-lose situation there. I think he probably goes down to junior. He's an American, good chance to play on the U.S. World Junior Team. So there you go. Uh, I was talking to Ryan Nugent Hopkins about a uh, Hockey Helps Kids, an initiative he's part of with school kids here in Edmonton and also that impressive win last night. Good effort for us. Uh, um, Obviously, we want to start, especially at home, we want to start off with a good record and uh, establish ourselves early in the season so it's it good I mean offensively I think we were going pretty good uh, again a lot of secondary opportunities and uh, putting a lot of pucks on net so uh, I thought it was a good start for us. The summer Todd was hired he said he wanted the identity of the team to see, to be fast hard and supportive I don't know if he uses that with you guys or just with the media to sort of summarize all the things he's trying to coach into the team but when you hear those three words was that maybe the best example you've had of that in two years plus a game with Todd? Uh, I mean, it was definitely good. I thought uh, last year we, we had a lot of games like that too. Uh, we've taken a lot of strides since uh, he first came to us. So, um, I mean, we hear a lot more than just kind of three three words. I mean, we get a lot more info. Uh, so, I mean, we know what to expect from ourselves. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a good, fun, uh, hard competitive game last night. All right, you're once again part of the uh, Hockey Helps Kids. Tell us a little bit about, uh, do you know what school you're hooking up this year? And, and, and let fans know how this works. We get paired with a school. Uh, the school, they choose what charity they want to support and raise money for. Uh, then they do research. They, they create a good video um, and kind of promote it. And then whoever gets, uh, and then the video goes, goes out there. And whoever gets the most votes online. Uh, wins a competition and I believe it's $20,000 to that charity. I think the losing charities still get something so I mean it's definitely a great cause. Gets the kids involved and uh, they put a lot of effort and uh, hard work into it so it's a lot of fun to be a part of. What's it like for you going into the schools and, and you know meeting some, meet some kids and getting to mingle with them a little bit? Yeah it's really good I mean uh, especially in this city I mean we, the, the amount of support that we have uh, is incredible um, but for us to be able to actually kind of go and um, and see the kids and, and kind of hang out with them. I think it's cool for them, cool for us too. So uh, it's, I think it's good for them to, to get involved with something like this at a young age. I know uh, it's going to be uh, beneficial for them in the long run. What kind of stuff do they ask you or say to you generally? Do you get some of the same questions for things over and over again? Yeah, sometimes it's like like an interview. Uh, but they're, no, they're, they're pretty curious, especially uh, the younger they are. I find the more curious they are, the more questions they have. So... Uh, no, it's, it's a lot of fun uh, meeting kids and stuff and 
especially here in Edmonton. All right, good stuff from Nuge. He, Dreisaitl, uh, McDavid, Maroon, Lucic involved in that third year they're doing it. So good stuff uh, for them, Nugent Hopkins, from your Edmonton Oilers. Okay, it is 7-18. Well, we are still going to get to uh, Eskimos running back C.J. Gable. We will get to Brendan Burke from the U of A Golden Bears. He's one of their goalies. They start their regular season this weekend. Uh, but when we get back from Kissing Country 103.9, We'll find out why Chris Sheets is currently sitting in an empty football stadium. Coming up. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Oh, gee. Is this the A-team? Yeah. We should try to get Mr. T on the show. I pity the fool. He's still alive, isn't he? I think so. What's his real name? I can't remember. Uh, T, it's, it's, I'll have to look it up. It's like, isn't it Terry? Is it? No, that's Hulk Hogan is Terry something. Yeah. I don't know. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630 Chet. We have Oilers games, just looking for the near future here. We have Oilers games Saturday and Monday nights, and we have an Eskimos game Monday afternoon because Thanksgiving Monday they will be in Montreal. So that's going to be fun. Chris Sheets, big supporter of all local sports teams and athletes, is currently sitting inside an empty football stadium. Mostly empty, I believe. Chris, how's it going? You know what, Reed? It's actually not empty. Ironically, right now, they're actually rehearsing for the halftime show, the cheer team is, uh, for the halftime show at the next game when Brett Kissel will be performing at halftime. So we're watching the Capital City Gymnastics team. They just finished rehearsing, but um, we've had a lot of excitement here today. Uh, with the Eskimos practicing, of course, but um, you know, most importantly, we're trying to raise money for a great cause, and that's the Hope Mission. Okay, so it's Yards for Hope. Yeah. D- tell us how it works and what the goal is and all that kind of stuff, because you'll explain it much better than I will. Okay, well, Hope Mission, of course, they work downtown, and they also work uh, around the, the community uh, with Edmonton's uh, homeless and the people that uh, you know are just, they're just trying to give them a leg up, and it's just a very, very important charity and near and dear to our hearts. So we've done all sorts of different things over the years. Bruce Bowie from 630 Chad has lived on the street. I did it once to, to kind of raise awareness. And uh, we once lived in a crane 120 feet above the whole mission, and it kept coming down as we raised money. And uh, with the last couple of years, we've thanks to the Commonwealth Stadium people here, the city of Edmonton and the Eskimos, they've given us the field. And we started this morning at just after 5 o'clock, and we're marching down the field from the north end zone to the south every yard is a thousand dollars raised so right now as of as of right now we're at the 44 yard mark going the the right direction so we've raised sixty six thousand dollars for this important charity and we got to try to get to the goal line and we're hoping to do that uh well tomorrow morning if if possible because we're you know we're ready to get off the field and the Eskimos are practicing tomorrow and things <laughs> like that okay so how, how can people donate chris they can right now they can go to hopemission.com uh it's really simple you give online it's tax deductible uh, $54 will feed 20 people this Thanksgiving. $54, that's it, will feed uh, 20 people. It's really, uh, you know, a great bang for your buck, and uh, they do so many great things. We talk to people throughout the day who all say they would not still be alive if it wasn't for the Hope Mission and the great things they do. Thank you to the Edmonton Eskimos. We've had uh, Justin Sorensen, Matt O'Donnell come, empty their waddle wallets out today. And Amando Sewell and uh, Coach Mwamba are doing a very special thing tomorrow night from the Eskimos, they're going and actually going to be serving their own turkeys that they're taking to the Hope Mission, and they're doing a big fundraiser that's collecting clothes and things like that at the Eskimo team store. So the the Eskimo players are on board, and we're looking for the rest of the community to do the exact same thing. Are you sleeping at all? Well, we're going to try tonight. 
we're we're all tired, so we're going to sleep on the on the field. We've got these Cabela's minus thirty sleeping bags. It's not going to be that cold, but you know it's going to get down to about zero. It's crazy. Like during the day when the sun was shining here, it was like we were on the surface of the sun. Yeah, it was awesome. We all today. got sun. We all got sunburned. But uh, tonight it's going to cool off. But I mean, a reminder: if they didn't have the whole mission to sleep at, there would be hundreds, like six hundred Edmontonians that would be living on the streets outside without Cabela sleeping bags every night. So we just kind of want to. Uh, you know, make people aware of that and do what we can. So hopemission.com. Chris, it's so cool that you're doing that, and, and I know you're having fun with it, but it's also for a great cause. So thanks for checking in. We get, we did get a text today. Uh, did the Eskimos use Chris as a tackling dummy? Well, they don't They don't need to tackle you for you to be, oh, there, <laughs> no. I went there. I went there. <laughs> you, you know what? Yeah, no, I, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, we, we, we would do it. But we stayed a long ways away from practice, I tell you that. <laughs> Chris, thanks for checking in, man. I love having you on the show, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, buddy. Have a great night. Thanks for having us on, Reed. HopeMission.com, if Edmontonians, Chad listeners are awesome. If you can help us out, we'd love you for it. Right on. So they're trying to get to $110,000 by 9 tomorrow morning. They need about $44,000, HopeMission.com. Thanks for uh, Chris for checking in. Kissing Country 103.9, awesome station here in the Chorus Building. Okay, we got the 7.30 news coming up. Did we get Mr. T's name? Somebody texted in Lawrence Tarot. Lawrence Tarot, I believe. There's a D on the end there. Okay, yeah, Lawrence. There we go. Mr. T. Now we know, Mr. T. (laughs) She tried to get him on the show. We've had Crazy George on the show. We had Gene Simmons on the show. Why can't we get Mr. T. I'll make some calls. <laughs> Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Night Rider, a shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man who does not exist. Well, just when you thought the show couldn't have any less credibility. <laughs> uh, all right, that's been, well, I guess we're going to have one more TV theme coming back from commercial. That'll be, that'll be fun. Okay, I'm going to get to the scoreboard here first. Uh, Tampa Bay... Uh, NFL starting here. Six minutes left in the first half. Tampa Bay 7, New England 3. In baseball, it is Cleveland leading the Yankees 3-0. They are in the fifth inning in Cleveland, game one of that series. Earlier, Houston 8, Boston 2, with Altuve hitting three homers for the Astros. So they go up 1-0 in the best of five. NHL tonight, after the first period, Chicago 5, Pittsburgh nothing. That's right, 5-0 after one. Hawks leading the Penguins. After two, Detroit up 2-0 on Minnesota. Senators leading the Capitals 2-1. In the third, the Avalanche up 3-2 on the Rangers, about eight minutes left. Canadians and Sabres are tied 2-2. The Bruins lead the Predators 3-1 with about five minutes left. Jake DeBrusque, first NHL game, first NHL goal. Great story there. A couple games coming up later on tonight. I can tell you Canada West Hockey getting ready to rock and roll into their regular season. U of A Golden Bears goaltender Brendan Burke joining us once again on the show. Brendan, how's it going? Going good, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you again. How was uh, how was your uh, how was your summer and the start of school? Oh, it was good. Well, summer was good. I spent uh, pretty much all of it uh, here in Edmonton. I was working uh, Golden Bears uh, hockey camps, and then school was going all right. I had a midterm today and one Tuesday, so back in the swing of things. All right. So you guys play. What is it? You're home to Mount Royal tomorrow, and then you go down to Calgary to play Mount Royal on Saturday. 
Yeah, exactly. And they've been a pretty good team, haven't they, coming up from the ACAC ranks? Yeah, they've been really good. They're uh, they're always a threat. They were a threat last year for sure, and uh, they're going to be another tough test this year. Okay, so you're going into your second year with the Bears, right? Yep. And you guys added Zach Sachenko out of the WHL, so he's going to be in his first season. What's that like having two relatively young goaltenders as the guys uh, in net? Oh, it's awesome. We I, I got to know him real well. He was in those hockey camps with me this summer, and uh, between me, him, and Kenny Cameron, we got a nice trio of uh, some guys who can really play. So it's uh, it's good. We get along really good. We support each other. We push each other. It's uh, we got a good balance right now. Now, Kenny used to be. Is he the one that used to be at Nate? Yep. Okay. So how? I mean, has has Coach Lejoie named? Uh, a number one goaltender? Is he keeping the competition going for playing time? What's what's that like? Um, I'm not really sure. He hasn't really come out and made a decision. I, I'm i starting tomorrow for the home opener, but uh, I would assume somebody else will get another game also this weekend. And um, You know, I think in, in university hockey, you can't... Uh, you can't really just take a guy right away because the season is so much shorter than, say, WHL or NHL that you have to... Uh, kind of take the hot guy because you can't really ride out one guy if he's going through some tough times so um, you kind of go with the hot hand a lot in university hockey so I, that's what I expect again this year. How how do you goaltenders push each other to, to, to be better? I mean are there open challenges or you know games one-upmanship that you guys get into or how does it work? Yeah well we you know we try and keep the, the intensity high in practice uh, you know I think if uh, one guy is working really hard it, it really pushes the other guy, other two guys to work even harder and um then we do like you know we do little drills little games where we're against each other in practice and uh, obviously our, our performance in uh, real games as well so um we push each other in a lot of areas and uh, but we also support each other a lot too all right brendan burke golden bears goaltender joining us tonight on inside sports so tomorrow at seven at claire drake they're taking on the mount royal cougars uh that'll be uh, a, a good showdown for sure what do you what are you studying in school have you picked your major uh, I'm in arts right now. I'm uh, majoring in economics, but I'm trying to take all my business prereqs to get the business, uh, the business school for next year. Okay, and uh, the business uh, route is a lot. Uh, I say it's relatively popular with university athletes because guys might want to get involved in something, or sometimes they even turn that into uh, still a career in hockey. But the business side of it, do you think a lot about that, or is it just more, um, you know, you want to make sure you have a, a nice piece of paper when you're done anyway? Yeah, well, I haven't really uh, narrowed it down to exactly what I want to focus in, but um, I definitely would like to work in hockey after I'm done playing. Uh, so I, I think a business degree in, in whatever it is, it can apply in a lot of uh, facets of hockey. So um, I haven't really narrowed it down quite yet, but uh, I definitely would be one of those guys interested in working in hockey once I'm done. Okay. I know you guys uh, wound up winning the conference last year. I believe you went into Saskatoon and won the Can West final, didn't you? Yep. Which is not an easy place to play. I always joke no. about rust delays, but I find it every funny every time because there's stuff falling <laughs> off the roof. Uh, but uh, is most of the team back? I think you guys only lost a couple of fifth years, didn't you? Yeah, we just lost two fifth years, uh, and a couple other guys uh, decided to move on. We lost Luke Siemens, we lost uh, Durko, we lost Yadlowski, and we lost Raczynski. Um Raczynski and uh, Yadlowski were our, our fifth years. Um, and all, all fairly big losses, but we have a really young group. Uh, our recruiting class last year, I think, was maybe 12 guys, and um, we had uh, a really good recruiting class again this year with uh, Sachenko, Kurchenko, and 
and Aury. So we have uh, a really good group and uh, still young, too. Okay. Uh, your dad, Sean, and we featured you guys during Father's Day week here on, on Inside Sports as, as a father-son duo. He's he's picking the Canadian Olympic team. Do you have any scoops for us? I got nothing. I uh, <laughs> He spends most of his time over in Russia, so there must be some players over there. So he's, he's well, yeah, it's going to be made up a lot of the uh, Canadian guys playing pro over in Europe. So that is going to be interesting. But I thought I'd throw that to you, though. I was pretty, <laughs> I was pretty sure you, you didn't, uh, you didn't have anything. So tomorrow, do you, you could, do you guys morning skate, or do you just go to the rink after your classes in the afternoon? Yeah, no, no morning skates in university, university hockey, just because of, uh, of class and everything. So. Uh, no morning skate. I just have one class tomorrow, and uh, most of us, what we try and do is, um, for our schedules, we try and keep our Fridays fairly light, um, just because a lot of times we'll be out of town on Fridays. So, um, we uh, most of the guys don't have too many classes on Friday, and, and no morning skate. So it's just like, uh, you know, try and get yourself ready for the day, relax. I try and uh, get up and do something, then you know, take a nap, have my meal, and uh, everything is back to normal. All right. Well, it's going to be fun. I'll be stuck here, so I guess I'll uh, follow it online to see how you're doing against Mount Royal. Looking forward to the season. Love Golden Bears hockey. Brendan, thanks for checking in tonight, man. All the best. Yeah, anytime, guys. Thanks. Right on. That's Brendan Burke. So tomorrow he starts home against Mount Royal, and then we'll see who they put in goal at Mount Royal on Saturday night. I uh, expect it to be another... Good showdown near the top of the standings, at the top of the standings between Alberta and Saskatchewan. I can also tell you that the Pandas will raise their eighth national championship banner to the Rafters and Claire Drake before their home opener on Saturday. Remember, they scored that dramatic 2-1 overtime win over McGill to capture the U Sports title last March. So they have the opposite of the Bears. They're away on Friday and uh, home on Saturday. So we'll be following the University Hockey and Sports throughout the season here on 630 Chet. It is 742. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. The Eskimos back to work. The new guy, C.J. Gable, when we get back. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. I, I don't know what this is. Wait for it. Oh, MacGyver. I couldn't right? place it. All right. Oh, I, I had to listen to it a couple times, too, before I really brought back the memory. MacGyver. Was that by request, or is that just out of your brain? It just popped up on YouTube, and I thought, what better way to end it? With Richard Dean Anderson, that mullet, that sick mullet. <laughs> did they did they not do a reboot of yeah. MacGyver a few years ago? Or? I think it's still on TV. Oh, is it still? See, I, I'm not a huge TV watcher. I watch a couple shows uh, very very dedicated to a couple of shows uh, so I don't dabble I won't watch oh I watch two episodes of it I kind of am I'm, I'm all or nothing yeah I can feel you so I miss a lot of stuff I don't think you're missing much with the new MacGyver <laughs> it doesn't compare to the old one at all I am almost done Game of Thrones which I started first week of August oh boy I am in I'm currently about partway through the second episode of season 7 so then I'll have five episodes left after that and I'll be caught up with Game of Thrones well, I've watched all seven seasons in about, well, two, well, no, but a little over two months, because it's probably about two months ago today that I started. Serious commitment. No wonder you haven't seen anything else. 
Well, that's the thing. When I've had an hour to watch something, I've just watched Game of Thrones. I and? haven't watched anything else. And you like it? That's been my, my leisure time. Obviously, you like it. I do like it. I, I think it's really good. Uh, I really enjoy um, uh, for, uh, Peter Dinklage. Yeah. That, well, most oh, of the acting is, is, is quite good. The writing is sharp. The production value is... I mean, they spend a lot of money on each episode. Their, their next season is the last season. They've got a budget of like $15 million per episode. That's insane. That's a lot. Seems like a lot. Well, they're probably making money off it. A lot of people watch it. We should use that theme song. That is a good. That is a good theme song. <laughs> well, we dabbled in mostly '80s stuff today, That's true. which tends to be where a lot of my, <laughs> and I think a fair bit of the audience, uh, is of that vintage as well. Which is you set the tone fine. with Magnum off the hop, and we just snowballed from there. So no I don't regrets. know why that popped into my brain today, but I just was like, I want to hear the Magnum PI theme song, so we played it. <laughs> So we started a trend. There we go. Yeah. uh, No real reason, but we did it. There was a real reason. The Eskimos went out and traded for C.J. Gable. Their running game has not been good enough. Their pass blocking from the running back position has not been good enough. C.J. Gable from Hamilton for a couple of guys on the negotiation list acquired earlier this week. Today he practiced with the Eskimos for the first time, and he sat down with Dave Campbell. Well, first of all, C.J., welcome to Edmonton. Hey, I like you, man. Thank you, thank you. What's your uh, first impressions, I guess, of the of the city and, and, and the team? Uh, it's pretty cool, you know, cold out here, different than where I'm from, but uh, <laughs> teammates, everybody's opened me, uh, got me here open arms, and so it feels great to be here. When did you find out about the uh, the trade? Uh, the day after the game? Yeah. Like, uh, well, not the day after, um, the first day of practice, you know. I went in and uh, they, they told me what was going on. Did you sense something might have been coming uh, at some point, or did it catch you off guard? Um, after the game I had, I didn't. I really didn't think nothing of it. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even thinking about it before. Yeah, but after the game, I didn't think about it. I wasn't thinking about it. Yeah. Was it? Was it? I don't know. Like you've had a lot of success in Hamilton. You've also haven't played maybe as much or been utilized as much as you'd like. Maybe that's my personal opinion. But anyway, I don't know how you feel about it. But. Uh, when you think back on it, is it uh, is it easy to kind of turn the page of uh, your career in Hamilton and now now you're in Eskimo? Uh, no, it's not that easy because mm-hmm. I've been there for five years. You know, yeah. uh, the community and everybody is was so great to me, and uh, you know, it's just hard. That's the only team I played for. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it was just a big shock after it happened. It was like it caught me off guard. And people was asking me how are you taking. It? I'm like I don't I don't know. Like <laughs> I'm still trying. to get a hold of everything right now because I've been there so long and going to a new place is like it's different but you know it's, it's not that easy just to turn the page you know yeah. you've been there so much what'd you like about that community in Hamilton uh you know the fans is it's just love you you know and like they, they love their players you know they're always behind their players and you know the coaches up there they're real they're real good it's just and it's like team like a big family up there you know mm-hmm. and, and I know everybody so we've been there because I've been there so long yeah it's just it's crazy. Well, I would say give this community a chance in Edmonton here, guy. I, I think you'll like it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to give everybody a chance. I'll come back. I'm, I'm up here now, so I'm going to see how it is and uh, let's go from there. Now, we've seen your ability to run. We've seen your ability to catch. Uh, the other ability you need as a running back in the Canadian Football League is to pass protect and to block really well. Uh, something the Eskimos have been looking for ever since John White went down. 
uh, and the book on you, you're a good blocker, and you love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love to hit, you know, I love the contact. I'm not afraid of it, and I'm not, I'm, uh, I'm not afraid to put my, my nose up in there, so I'm going to do whatever I can to help the team out. Has that always been, you know, something that's been ingraining you to block, or is that something that you kind of had to develop, especially being up here? Um, well, I'm always, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an aggressive player, you know, and I mm -hmm. always like playing defense since I was little. So, you know, when I got, when I was playing offense, I had to use something in my aggression. And when I got to college, my running back coach taught me how to block, you know, aggressively, and I just got, I went off from there. You know, go into blocking meetings and online meetings and things like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I remember my running back coach in college always talking about physical yeah. running backs, physical running, physical contact, everything physical. And as I was engraved in my head since then, so that every time I block, I block physical and angry. So, you know. Yeah. The versatility is so important as a back, especially up here, right? Yeah, yeah. You can't just be one thing because then, you know, they had to take you out for one play and bring somebody else in. If you can stand all the time, it has works better. Is it easy for you to get thrust into the lineup like you will be on, on Monday in, in Montreal? A, a team, obviously, that you know very well playing in the East Division. Is it uh, is it whatever or, or is it a little challenging? Uh, it's, it's, not, it's, it's challenging, you know. It's like a new, it's a new, I'm in a new offense, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's like I'm, I'm going to get it down, but, you know, I just can't wait, though. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see what I'm going to do in this offense and uh, getting everything I got. Team that's in a playoff spot and in the thick of a big race here in the in the West and in the playoffs. That's got to be a jolt of excitement for you. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna keep them going, man. I'm gonna do whatever I can to keep these boys going and uh, get these wins coming and uh, and just make that run for the cup. Well, welcome to the green and gold, CJ. Uh, thank you. Running back CJ Gable talking to our Dave Campbell. You know, they, they. I mean, I know the Eskimos have had three different runners go over 100 yards, but Perkins and Van never really grabbed the position. Van now injured again. Gable, a proven guy in the league, averaging almost six yards per carry this season. And the pass blocking going to be huge for the Eskimos to help the O-line, give Riley a little bit more time. And I know we had the, the Riley discussion earlier this week. And I look, I know Riley has to play better. I think he's in a slump. Uh, I don't think James Franklin is the magic solution that comes in and turns the Eskimos into a winner. Uh, I think a better running back and a better pass-blocking running back will really help. And hopefully Gable does that against the Alouettes, who obviously are the worst team in the CFL right now uh, at 3-11. and So hopefully the Eskimos can jump on them. That is Monday game here on 6.30, Chad. 10.30 in the morning face-off show. The game will start at noon. New England just kicked a field goal. 40 seconds left in the first half. They lead Tampa Bay 13-7. Thursday night football. Baseball. It is 4-0. Cleveland leading the Yankees in the sixth inning. Game one of the best of five ALDS. Earlier in Houston, the Astros taking it to Boston 8-2. Jose Altuve, three home runs for the Astros. Boston has defeated... Nashville in the NHL, 4-3, your final in that one. It was 4-1. Nashville scored twice in the last two minutes but could not complete the miraculous comeback. In overtime, oh, Jake DeBras scored in that game, by the way, Edmonton product, Louis' son. Canadians and Sabres are 2-2 in overtime. How about the Avalanche? 4-2 win over the New York Rangers. Matt Duchesne. It's not if, it's when he's going to be traded. Gets the first goal of the season for the Avalanche, helping them to victory. In the third, Capitals and Senators are tied 3-3. The Wild and the Red Wings are tied 2-2. First regular season game at the new Little Caesars Arena in Detroit. Five minutes into the second period, 6-1. Chicago leading Pittsburgh. Patrick Kane, the most recent goal in that game. Still to come tonight, the Coyotes play the Ducks. 
and the Flyers take on the Kings. The Flyers already won last night, beating the San Jose Sharks. All right, so that's what's going on on uh, the scoreboard tonight. So tomorrow, uh, Oilers now from noon to 2. I think Brendan's actually doing that show because Bob's going to be flying to Vancouver with the team, and we'll have the Oilers game in Vancouver Coming up on Saturday night, 6.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at 8 as the Oilers will try to push it to 2-0 and after that impressive game last night. Patrick, great work, buddy. Likewise. No special fun. song. Well, are you working tomorrow? I'll be back again tomorrow. You betcha. So usually the last show of the week, we play Littlest Hobo at the end of the show. So we can sneak that in. I forgot about that old tradition. Yeah, you played it earlier, which is fine. You can never hear too much of the Little Asobo theme song. Beautiful song. It's like a Johnny Cash song. There's a story in there, right? (laughs) (laughs) Patrick Bauer has been your studio producer. Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. Thanks to the guests tonight. Brendan Burke from the Golden Bears hockey team. Eskimos running back. CJ running back. Uh, CJ Gable. To just change his name to running back, he's so good. CJ Gable. Drew Remenda from the Sportsnet Oilers broadcast booth. Thanks to everybody who called and texted as well. Tomorrow, going to have a couple of good CFL receivers on the show. Nick Lewis from the Alouettes. He's hurt right now. And Darrell Walker from your Edmonton Eskimos and the latest on the Oilers as well. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you for listening.